Hey, kid. I'm kind of sad now. Oh, why is that? This movie. Yeah. Made me sad. Made me sad, too. Sad. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go. Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. We're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion, and apparently riddled with COVID. Well, hey, that's just you. <laughs> yeah. This, it's, I'm surprised this is even happening right now. Mm-hmm. Man, I was really sick. Yeah, So if were. I sound any kind of rough or anything, it's... Oof. Even like two days ago, this would have been a hellscape. Yeah. But I'm feeling better, everybody. I made it. The Rona can't stop us. <laughs> That's right. Sometimes we just get lazy and we don't make an episode for a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, part two of our three-part summer slasher camp. First part was Motel Hell. Go ahead. Give it a listen. Mm-hmm. So the whole premise is, is that our listeners, the Dongles, the ones participating in the Facebook group, the Dongle Den, they picked all these movies that we're covering, and there was a whole thing. So if you want to see how the process was done, check it out. This month's episode was selected by our Dongle, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Well, we're covering the House of the Devil. At the end, we're actually going to see, according to our list of tropes, whether or not this qualifies as a slasher. We decided to do this because there was some contention mm-hmm. with some of the movies listed. Right. And we just decided this is the best way we're going to handle it because we're going to honor our listeners and just do their choices. But also at the end, ridicule them if they didn't pick a slasher. <laughs> so, yeah, The House of the Devil is obviously a first-time viewing for you. Right. I watched this a couple years ago, I think like around two years ago. Didn't even really know it was a thing. Um, I'm aware of the director, Ty West. Uh, I did see The Innkeepers. I wasn't a fan the first time I watched that, but I watched it during my isolation period, and I liked it better. It's just kind of like, yeah, that one, that one's kind of sad too. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's his thing. I have no idea. I mean, I've seen like his other work in like, um, VHS and stuff. Mm, right, right. You know, and um, uh, he did play a part in Your Next, which is Adam Wingard's film. Was he any good in it? Honestly, I don't remember. Nice. But I do like that movie a lot. I mentioned that before when we did our Godzilla vs. Kong episode. We had a little bit of a Wingardian thing happening for a while there. (laughs) Because we did the... The Death Note movie. Ew. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this is this is Ty West's uh, first film. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. 
I don't know a lot about them, but I don't know because it seems like there's a lot of similar people who just kind of are like rotating around each other and they're in each other's like gravitational pulls and mm-hmm. kind of collaborate and stuff. So I don't know if they went to school together, grew up together. Mm-hmm. Are these just like rich kids who got to go to school? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe they're cool. I have no idea. I'm not trying to judge them. I just don't know. Oh, I suppose we should go over some IMDb info. So according to IMDb, The House of the Devil, described as, In 1983, financially struggling college student Samantha Hughes takes a strange babysitting job that coincides with a full lunar eclipse. She slowly realizes her clients harbor a terrifying secret putting her life in mortal danger. Now I'll tell you what, this is normally where we joke about like, that's it, we're done. That's pretty much it. Yeah. (laughs) This is very bare bones Mm -hmm. story in this. I kind of appreciate that actually. I do too. This is like definitely a case of simpler is better. Yeah. It gives the, the rest of the movie a lot of time to breathe. Yeah. And it was written and directed by Ty West, a fairly decent sized cast. We got Jocelyn Donahue as Samantha, Tom Noonan as Mr. Ullman. I love me some Tom Noonan. A lot of folks out there may know Tom Noonan from The Monster Squad as Frankenstein's Creature. That's a great role for him. It really is, yeah. He really gets to shine in this. Mary Maranov as Mrs. Ullman. Greta Gerwig as Megan. Dee Wallace as the landlady in the beginning. And uh, I guess we should throw in uh, A.J. Bowen as Victor Ullman. That. It's pretty much the main cast. Everybody else is just background. Ooh, Brennan, do you want to watch the trailer with me? Oh, I totally loved to watch that trailer with you. Okay. Well, sorry, everybody at home. You don't get to watch the trailer, but you can listen to it. I can tell you like it. I love it. It's perfect. About the deposit? I'll agree to waive all the deposit stuff. You just give me the first month's down, we'll call it a day, all right? It's hard coming up with all that money, isn't it? Uh, it's gonna work out. You're not the one with $84 in a bank account and a check to write on Monday. You know what you should do. Hi, I'm calling in regards to the babysitter flyer posted outside my dorm. Tonight's big eclipse is now well underway. I feel a little weird just dropping you out here in the middle of wherever we are. I've not been completely honest. We're from the desert, you know. You see, we we actually don't have a child. They lied to you. I know. Okay, I know you're right. But it's four hundred dollars. This equals first month's rent and then some, and all I have to do is sit inside and watch TV. This is huge. This one night changes everything for me. What a trailer. 
Yeah. Kind of uh, really sets the mood. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, noise and bumps and words on screen that <laughs> nobody at home gets to look at. Yeah. I mean, the gosh, I don't even know if it's necessarily worth like You can't really go through this whole thing like scene by scene. No. It's way too simple. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole aesthetic of this movie is done as if it was from the early 80s. Yeah. Like it was actually made in the early and 80s. And they did it really well. Fairly convincing, yeah. I have to admit. Definitely shot it on like some 16 millimeter film to get that graininess to it. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple spots where it just like looks too clean. Like some some of the nighttime stuff Yeah, doesn't quite come off as being old. And I'm not sure why that is. It could be the the transfer to digital, perhaps. I was almost tempted to just have you watch it and not tell you. Mm. And then yeah. find out. But I, I blew that right away when we <laughs> sat down. <laughs> but yeah, the 80s-ness of this, too. The, the costumes are fantastic. Yeah. Samantha and her friend Megan definitely appear like they are from the actual 80s. Yeah. Like it's not that, because you put it, the stereotypical. Right, yeah, I remember pointing that out. Because like I couldn't tell what time period it was set in for, for a while. Um, I don't know if they said it in the beginning, and I just missed it. No. Okay. I didn't even know until I read this description that mm. 1983 was even a thing. But if I were to guess beforehand, my thought was like 83 or 84. Mm. Because you gotta, you gotta imagine too that you know it's not like 1980 hit and then all of a sudden everything's just the 80s. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's a transition. Yeah. And it did feel kind of 70s. And that was my other thought too is, oh, is this like kind of like the mid late 70s? Yeah. And he really nails a lot of uh, the the directing techniques, like the way different shots were framed, a lot of close ups on Mm -hmm. just the way the camera moves and stuff. It felt very retro. So excellent job on that part. Yeah. I think that this movie is directed extremely well. Yeah. I, I, really appreciate because i i a lot of media nowadays if it was set in the 80s it would do everything in its power to remind you that this movie's in the 80s and it'd be like look at this star wars toy look at all these star wars to look at transform you remember it's like the member berries from south park <laughs> it, it like they would just like be shoving like neon and you know madonna down your throat yeah and there's she listens to a couple songs yeah from the 80s, that's a good indicator of about what time mm-hmm. in the 80s it is. But, I mean, it could actually be any time after that, Yeah, if you think about it. Yeah. But, I mean, just to play up to, you know, like, the song school at the time, ah, uh, the hair in this movie. Yeah. Those gals have some fantastic hair. Mm-hmm. Megan, honestly, would have been my 80s crush as a kid. So it kind of starts off where Samantha is, like, she's checking out this apartment because she wants to rent a new place and d wallace which you know she's been in countless different movies alien for example is playing the landlady she needs like to get the 300 bucks to get the rent so later on when she's working this whole getting paid thing i thought for sure that the landlady was in on all of this yeah me too even at the beginning i was like something seems off yeah about all of this she's almost being a little too nice Mm mm-hmm and I get it that, yeah, there are actual nice landlords out there. <laughs> but I was, for some reason, I just kind of was like very suspicious. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
So I'm surprised it didn't come up later. But yeah, she needs to get the funds in order to move out of her. I'm assuming it's a dorm because she's just crashing with one other roommate who is like constantly like messed up, drunk, having sex. Her entire half of the room is disgusting. <laughs> Samantha's is just nice and tidy. Yeah. A good good visual storytelling there. Right, right. Yeah, there's a babysitter job that's posted and she calls, gets the answering machine, and leaves a message, but then gets called back instantly, which is super weird, especially on a payphone. Right, yeah. Which at that point in time, there's no there's I don't think there is any means to like call a number back. I remember you were able to do that where you could it was like star 69. Nice. I know. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's a possibility in this scenario, but it's definitely that's a red flag. Yeah. This movie is so full of red flags. Yeah. But I get her desperation of just wanting to move out. And so the guy on the other end is very soft spoken, still creepy, and wants to set up a time to like, you know, pick her up or whatever, discuss the job. I don't remember which. I had a little bit of COVID in between <laughs> then and now. <laughs> and there's all this like back and forth with us for a long time where he doesn't show up and then Leaves a message with her roommate, but she's like, it's a whole lot of like, this movie's a slow burn. It is. So there's a lot of long shots of not much happening, but it's really good, I think, because it's establishing mood. Yeah. And it does it really well. Yeah. And you feel like you get to kind of know Samantha a bit. You definitely do. Yeah. Um, she definitely has an aversion to eating pizza for some reason. I don't understand. She does not eat any of the pizza when she's out with Megan. I mean, granted, yes, Megan says the pizza's gross, but... <laughs> but still, pizza's pizza. Right. I've eaten some pretty gross pizza and been like, eh, bad. Bad pizza is still good pizza. It's still pizza. Right. It was just pepperoni, too. It's not like it was a complicated, like, too much stuff on it. Yeah. But even that pizzeria they were in felt very 80s. What do you mean? There were there where were the um were the people with the uh the some the Rubik's cubes. No one had a Rubik's cube. Ah, nobody was breakdancing. Nobody was breakdancing exactly. Where was the boombox? Yeah. So eventually, she works out the deal to go out to this place to babysit. It's just for a night. I can't remember the initial amount was like a hundred bucks. So that's not a bad deal, especially in eighties money. Yeah, that's, that's really good. good. Yeah. And Megan takes her out there. Megan kind of wants to stay with her just because it's way out there. She doesn't really have anything going on. Samantha just is kind of like, yeah, whatever. Doesn't really seem to care. I don't know if she's just like not wanting to split that money or what. Yeah, even when she was like, oh, I don't even want to split the money. I just want to stay with you. She was still weird about it. Yeah. They get to the house and this is where we meet Mr. Allman, played by Tom Noonan. Very tall. Extremely tall, especially compared to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And he's just creepy man with Kane, but he's very soft-spoken. Like he, he talks in a way that is, I could see where he would be convincing in the moment. Yeah, definitely. And you know, this house is like one of those big old Victorian houses that just naturally spooky looking. Mm -hmm. So that certainly does not help the scenario. I mean, we all know that we're watching a horror movie too. Yeah. There definitely should be like some more red flags. Oh, now it's in the country. Now it's a big Victorian house. Oh, you had to pass a cemetery on your way there. Yeah. (laughs) But he wants to talk to Samantha privately. And he tells her that 
he was dishonest with her because it's not a child. It's actually his mother who is just staying upstairs and just somebody needs to be there just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. You might hear her moving around or whatever, not to worry about it. She's not coming out of that room. Mm-hmm. Samantha's like, whoa, I don't know about this. Yeah. I'm going to need more money. Because yeah. he offers her more money at first because he knows that like he had to get her out there with money. Doubles it, and then Samantha goes all hog and demands another $100. So $300 for this one night. And he doesn't put up much of a fight for it. But I think enough to just convince her. Yeah. You know, Megan's really not cool with any of this and really kind of just wants to stay around because some things just doesn't feel right. And Spantha's like, don't worry about it. You can come get me in the morning. Yeah, no. 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 If I I was a concerned friend, the first thing I wouldn't do would be leave. Oh, he lied and everything? Well, I'm definitely going to stay with you. Right. Or I'm going to drive away. Finger quotes. Yeah. Megan ends up leaving. She ends up stopping because she, like, can't light her cigarette or whatever. Stops at the cemetery and this dude pops up at the window and then finds out that she's not the babysitter. So he just blows her brains out, which is completely unexpected. Right, yeah. And it's extremely gruesome. Yes. That that was really, that's harsh. Yeah. So now we know something is certainly amiss. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is definitely a... We, we, well, we know that Samantha is certainly in danger now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were trying to play it as in like, ooh, this is a distraction. Maybe that creepy dude isn't so creepy after all type of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? But then like back at the house, you know, you've got uh, is that Mrs. Ellman, who's like super weird towards Samantha yeah. on the couch. Just sitting too close, being a little too weird. Also really tall. Also, yeah. Compared to her. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. So, oh man, all oh, this is just like really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they, they're like, hey, you know, we're, we're going out. I'll see you later. Here's some money for some pizza on the fridge. Get some pizza if you want later. Then we get like Megan just hanging out, hanging out in a big empty house or empty-ish yeah. house. And uh, like she's jamming out the tunes. She's dancing to her Walkman, getting a little Snoopy. Yeah. The house. yeah. She was definitely like told not to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. Definitely goes upstairs. Definitely. Here's definitely here's some noise is about to open a door upstairs that definitely has a murdered family inside <laughs> of it. Yeah. And she ends up finding the photos of that family in the house. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, what? that's kind of weird because like she recognizes the car. Yeah. As the car that was in the driveway. And it's like a completely different family hanging out in front of it. Mm-hmm. Way too many red flags. And she still decides to just hang out right. there. I would have just left. Right. Like, nope. I No, not worth it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely something amiss. That's weird. Yeah. That is way too weird to just hang out. Yeah. Um, she ends up ordering her pizza, too. <laughs> I think this whole time she's waiting for the pizza when she's dancing and stuff. Yeah. And even the pizza guy was kind of weird. Yeah, the pizza guy was the the murderer guy. Right, I'm saying the pizza guy when he was on the phone. Yeah, so I wonder if that was just the whole setup. Oh, comp- it totally yeah. was. Otherwise, we would have gotten like an interesting thing with like the pizza man being killed. True, yeah. The guy who shot Megan is the pizza guy, too, who delivers the pizza. And he just kind of lingers on the porch way too long. Mm-hmm. 
Which that's also like I don't know. Make sure your pizza guy left. It's nighttime. You'd see headlights. Right. I don't even know if he drove up or anything. He was just at the door mm-hmm. with pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she has her like one bite of pizza and thinks it's gross and throws it away. <laughs> it looked like the same pizza from earlier. Yeah. I feel bad for whatever pizza place supplied pizza for this movie. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Unless all the, the crew and stuff was just eating that pizza up like crazy. I'd hope so. It didn't look like bad pizza. I don't, I don't know, something's wrong with Samantha. I think she might be the villain for all that pizza she ignored. <laughs> she wanders upstairs. Then she like looks into like the bathroom, finds all the hair, hears all the stuff. And then dude starts coming in. Oh, the pizza guy? Yeah, she gets all dizzy and she starts like passing out. Remember the bit when she turned on all the faucets in the bathroom for all the white noise? I think it's like when she gets really stressed out, she gets that ringing in her ears and that happened again and then she passed out. But hey, I mean, wouldn't you know it? Turns out they want her for a a sacrifice because of that lunar eclipse that just is always on in the background. Mm -hmm. Somebody's always talking about it. It's always on the news. Yeah. It's always a hot topic. Turns out. Uh, the the family was just part of it. Must not have worked or something, or maybe it was like a pre warm up or something. I don't know. None of the rituals really even explained. Yeah, they just like have her tied down on the the attic floor. Yeah, and now there's also like pizza guy. You've got the almonds and also some weird deformed person in a yeah. cloak. Some inbred looking thing. Scary goblin lady. Yeah. Goblin lady is like, oh, I'm going to bleed in your mouth. Yeah. Obviously, like it's, I say obviously, they're going to impregnate her with the devil mm-hmm. or something to that effect. Right. It seems that's where this is going mm-hmm. because there's definitely a lot of shots of like, it's panned down to her stomach. Yeah. They draw a little pentagram on her tummy. There definitely is some talk where like, oh, it's got to work this time type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they've like just had bad luck in the past. <laughs> Or, or what's going on? Add scheduling. <laughs> I miss the eclipse night. Dang it. Yeah. They're on a really tight timeline here. And yeah. they just got to get this done. She definitely puts up a fight and ends up like getting loose. And it's unclear if she kills the goblin lady. Yeah. With that knife. Just kind of stabs her in the back with it. Or no, I don't even think that. I think it was, that was Mrs. Ullman later. That was, yeah. And I think she's pretty dead. Goblin lady or Mrs. Ullman? Miss Ullman. I think yeah. she died. Goblin lady, I don't know, though. That's up for debate. Right. Yeah, they don't show her, like, explicitly, like, stop moving, right? Yeah, and everything just goes bad, and lots of running through the house. Mm -hmm. Pizza guy dies. Yeah, he gets his throat cut. Gurgling blood. Mrs. Allman, very upset, so must have been her son. And then she gets stabbed in the back, and Samantha takes the gun and runs off into the cemetery. Yeah, into the cemetery, a really great choice there. Yeah, where she gets confronted by Mr. Ullman, who's just like, man, you don't even get it. Like, this, what a great opportunity for you. And you're just screwing it up. Yeah. Way to go. And then you think, like, she's just going to, like, shoot him. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, nope. Shoots herself in the head. Done. When you watch this movie, I kind of really doesn't feel like that's where it was going to go. Definitely not. Because you're really rooting for her. She's you doing really a good are. job. Yeah. Of getting away. And um, yeah, then it cuts to like later on and she's all bandaged up in the hospital. She did not successfully kill herself. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. It looked pretty definitive because it's a from behind shot and there's a whole lot of like 
hair and stuff that comes out. I've heard some stories of suicide by gun does not work out. Yeah. This one seems like it probably should have. Yeah, and also you saw what that same gun did to her friend. Yeah. Yeah, that probably should have done it. But who knows? Maybe she's got like uh, all that goblin lady blood in her. Yeah, all that demon blood. And then like has devil baby inside her. Mm-hmm. So maybe that makes her extra strong because yeah. devil baby doesn't want to die. Right. It's got to become a rock star. <laughs> you know that actually happened? In a... Rosemary babies too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm referencing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a deep cut. <laughs> For a movie nobody gives any damn about. Yeah. If Rosemary's Baby 2 is your favorite movie, write in corruptedyouthpod at gmail.com. She's still going to end up having that baby. No stopping the devil, baby. That's it. Yeah. It's a, it's a very bummer ending. It really is. I, I like a good downer ending, though, I'll admit. But, man, this one just... I think it depends. I feel like it, it didn't have uh, as good of a payoff with the bummer ending. That's my only gripe, is that you built up Samantha as a character so much, and, like, you get to rooting for her so much. I don't know. It's just It seems a little wasted. She's so likable, though. She's so likable, and, and you spend a lot of time with her, the entire movie, with her. Yeah. So... See, like a sad ending, I don't know. I think bummer endings definitely have their place. Don't get me wrong. Oh, for sure. My favorite movie is The End of Evangelion. And if you know <laughs> anything about that movie, not that happy of an ending. I love a good bad ending. But this one, this one kind of annoyed me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, it feels just too, it's too sudden almost. And right. I mean, I guess like, well, it may work in a, you know, if this was real life, what would you do? Mm-hmm. You know, and real life doesn't always have great endings. Yeah. But man, I was really rooting for her. Yeah. And just to have her like pass out and then get captured yeah. seemed a little like, because she was like really smart. Like she'd hear a noise in the house and she like would grab a knife. Ooh, look, she's actually going to like, you know, put up a fight. Oh, no, she passes up. Oh, now she's like, it seemed a little undeserved, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she has the knife for a while and then she doesn't have the knife later. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I, I mean, overall, I really like this movie. I like yeah. the movie too. Like, the, the build-up was really good. I love a good slow burn. And atmosphere is... Oh, really amazing. I guess we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves here. So, give your rating using the word movie and whether or not you'd recommend it. This is this is a movie. I would recommend it just because of uh, the directorial style of it. It is fantastic. The, the cinematography is just so good. And I love a good slow burn. I will say, though, again, disappointed in the ending. I think slow burns work really well when the ending is really good because then it makes it all worth it in the end. And this kind of made it not worth it. So that was a little annoying. But I still would recommend it because it is a really interesting movie. Yeah, I think this is a movie. I do recommend it. I mean, obviously, like every time we have anything that's a bit of a slower movie, you got to be into it. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to just sit back and just watch a whole lot of nothing happen for an hour and a half, right? This isn't for you. Mm-hmm. Just avoid it. Yeah, that's that's really it for me. We're gonna have to move on to our slasher trope checklist. What it is is that we have five tropes, and if it makes a majority of it, once we combine it, then it's a slasher. Mm-hmm. Let's go through your tropes and which ones got checked off. Okay, so we have three or more kills. Yes, this did have three or more kills, but so did the last one. An emphasis on the kills. I don't think that I checked this one just because of how like sudden they are. And I don't know, they just kind of happen, right? 
Mm-hmm. Killer is hunting prey. Not really, because they're not trying to kill her. They're just trying to capture her, and she's not hunting anybody. And she's going around killing all the Satan worshippers. A main group of people being hunted. It's just one person. Well, not even really a person being hunted anyway, so not really. And then uh, any sort of gimmick. There was no gimmick. So this only met the three or more kills check mark, which even Michael Bay Transformers movies do. So I don't know if that point is really that hard to reach. <laughs> All right. Well, my checklist is edged weapon kill at least one. No, because it was not done. It was not done by a killer. Mm. The protagonist. Mm, right. Did the killing. Right. So I did not mark that one off. Stalking, hunting of victims does not really happen in this. I'd, I'd say the pizza guy kind of lurking outside a little bit doesn't count. No. He was just kind of more waiting. Yeah, definitely doesn't count. And he wasn't doing it to kill. Right. Like you said. Peekaboo Corpse, definitely in this movie. Yeah, that did happen, actually. Yeah. Poor Megan is on the kitchen floor at one point in mm-hmm. time. And Samantha has to step into her head goo. Tough. Voice kill does not happen. You could maybe consider it because Megan had to smoke a cigarette, mm-hmm. but I don't think that counts. No. Body count of at least two victims. Nope, did not make that. Because while you marked that off. Because I had it as kills, you have it as victims. Yes. I see. Uh-huh. And when you murder the bad guys. Right, yeah. I don't think that counts. So I checked off one box for me. There wasn't enough emphasis on the cultists actually stalking or hunting or anything like that. And um, I mean, the the camera works very voyeuristic and stalkery. Mm -hmm. And that's just by design, but that doesn't count. Yeah. That is, it's by no means a first person perspective. Exactly. Samantha even has like final girl qualities to her, but neither of us have final girl on our list. Yeah. Sometimes it's a man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if anybody's like, but Dan, what about that family in the attic? Are they not all victims? Does that not raise the body count for you? Nope. No. You don't see it happen. It is like way too after the fact. Yeah. And it's just there to let you know that things are amiss. Mm -hmm. You don't even really get to see them later. Not a slasher. Not a slasher. Sorry, Jeremy. We are 0 for 2. Mm -hmm. But we've got one more coming up. We do. We have Night Screams from what I've seen of a trailer of it. I think we might we might get our slasher in. Might be onto a winner. Yep. Good. I like how last year it was. Oh, it's really hard to find, you know, slasher movies in camps. Like we were really surprised at how hard that was. This year we're just hard to find slashers. Personally, at this point, I'm very surprised that we didn't get certain entries. Like I thought for sure somebody was gonna have us watch pieces. I think I mentioned that in the last episode, but you've got the prowler, you've got all sorts of different I mean, it was it's rotten with slashers for a while mm-hmm. yeah and, and a varying quality too so but it's not that i don't appreciate this movie by any means right because this isn't a very very cool movie yeah and we enjoyed it a lot and this is how we felt about motel hell too yeah still a fun movie motel hell was a fun movie just not, yeah. not a slasher come on night screams yeah rooting for you well do you have anything else you'd like to add Mm, nope. I do not either. Um, visit our T Public store. Get we, some shirts. Yeah. We've got chonk shirts now. Mm-hmm. Little, do you like kaiju? Yeah. Like them all chubby? Oh, chunky? Oh my god. They're so cute. They are. Mm-hmm. And we were at G Fest. The chonk stuff I had there, they went over pretty well. Oh, people, yeah. People, people were love them. loving the chonks. Right. 
just to see their eyes light up as they would, and you could see them say chalk. Yeah. Made it all worth it. Contact us. You can always send us an email. What are your five tropes? Write in. Tell us. Yeah. We'll make sure to not listen or care. <laughs> That's not no, true. I mean, That's we not could true. share it. Yeah, we would share it. We could share it and maybe like have like a retro thought of mm. how does it compare to what we to said. To the previous movies, yeah. 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 And in order to email us, our email address is corruptedyouthpod corrupted at gmail.com. <laughs> Visit us in the Dongle Den on Facebook. Surprisingly, not horrible anymore. Yeah. Not the group, just Facebook, I guess. Yay. Thanks to our listeners, the Dongles, and our fellow podcasters. Thank you for your support. Hang in there, Dongles. Bye. Dead you! Sad.